0: Two people claim to know everything about something. But only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore
1: an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on
0: Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say.
1: California. It's a bonus episode of Pants on Fire. This week we're introducing a brand new game called Wacky Khakis. And now your faithful host and my personal chef. No. Just a lady, Deborah <laughs> Goldstein.
2: Thank you and welcome to Pants on Fire. And how about a hand for Lisa, our live in-studio audience robot?
1: Um, I'm a robot. I don't need hands. I'm perfect the way I am.
2: Right. Of course. I'm sorry. I just meant like, how about another round of applause, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Applause. Uh, definitely more of that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Y'all too kind. Too All kind. right. Thank
2: you. Now, normally on Pants on Fire, we bring on two grown grown-ups, One of them is an expert and the other a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. But this week on Wacky Khakis, the expert and liar are going to be, drumroll please... Uh, Lisa, that's a drum roll, please?
1: Uh, yeah, sorry, Deborah. I'm looking for it.
2: You do a drum roll every week.
1: I reformatted my drive yesterday. I must have deleted drum roll. Uh, best I can do is chainsaw. Uh,
2: okay, fine. This week, the expert and liar are going to be a chainsaw, please. <laughs> Lisa and Debra! That's right, on each episode of Wacky Khakis, Lisa and I are each going to tell one crazy story about the world, except one of us is actually going to be telling the truth about our story, while the other one, is a liar, liar, pants on fire.
1: And it's still going to be the job of a human child to tell who's who?
2: It very much is.
1: Oh, uh, I kind of wanted to do it this time. You know, as uh, long as we're mixing things up.
2: But you're going to be telling one of the stories. You already know which one of us is lying.
1: Come on, Deborah. I just want to win. <laughs> even if it means cheating. Especially if it means cheating. That is a <laughs> truly
2: terrible attitude to have. So... How about, instead of cheating at our game, you tell us a bit about the Human Child contestants who will be playing it.
1: Can I cheat and look at this uh, piece of paper while I do it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, great. (laughs) Okay. our Human Child contestants, and you may remember one of them from our episode on Running Shoes. We have Bennett Feynman. He has brought along his sister, Tegan.
2: Wow, hi, guys. Hey. How are you all doing today? Good.
1: Whoa, in unison, jinx.
2: I know, right? Do you often speak together at the same time? Um, no. Yeah, she kind of jinx me a lot of the she time. She does? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my pleasure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's your pleasure <laughs> yeah. to do. Do you ever finish each other's sentences? No. 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 I see. Do you ever okay.
1: finish each other's sandwiches?
2: No, that's gross. Especially when you eat gross sandwiches. Oh, yeah. We are bringing back Bennett from the Running Shoes episode. How did you like that, Bennett? Was that a fun experience? Yeah,
3: it really was a fun experience.
2: Awesome. What did you learn from that?
3: Uh, I learned that... There is no such thing as dough for shoes.
2: Right, to put in your shoes. That was weird. But it kind of sounded almost true, didn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I
1: I still do it. I've been putting whole loaves of challah in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Challah. Challah. Interesting. All right. Also this week to referee the proceedings is our producer, Noah. Thanks, Deborah.
0: Good to be with you all. Uh, Why do we need a referee? Well, it's just because normally you and Deborah are there to make sure that our game is played fairly. But now that you're the ones playing it, it makes sense to bring in a third party to do that. Plus, you literally just said that you would do anything to win, even cheating.
1: I said especially cheating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, so... Debra and Lisa will each have a minute and change to tell their stories before the timer goes off. We flipped a coin, and Lisa sort of blocked everyone's view and picked it up before any of us could see it, but he he swore it was heads.
2: It was heads, yep. Yep. So (laughs)
0: Lisa has elected to go second. Debra, are you ready to go first?
2: Bring it on.
0: Our topic this week is odd jobs. So listen up carefully, Tegan and Bennett. Debra, Your timer will begin now.
2: Did you ever wonder about how people woke themselves up before the mass production of alarm clocks? Well, I have. And during the Industrial Revolution it was the job of a knocker-upper to rise in the very very early morning and go around town waking people up at the time that they wanted to get up. Some knocker uppers woke up as many as 80 or 90 clients a day. So these knocker uppers throughout history were very very clever. They came up with very inventive ways around problems that would naturally come up in their jobs. For example, when the practice first came about, knocker-uppers would knock loudly on people's front doors. That's where they got the name from. But they soon realized that neighbors could also hear these loud knocks and get a free wake-up call out of it, so knocker-uppers fashioned sticks with metal wires wrapped around the end and woke up clients individually by tapping at their windows. If you lived on the second floor, not a problem, your knocker-upper would just get a longer stick. And if you lived on the third floor, well, I'm not sure what they did then. But there was at least one other method knocker-uppers used to wake up people. A pea shooter. That's right, people would actually pay for the privilege of having someone wake them up by shooting dry peas out of a tube at their houses. Presumably, those who did always remembered to leave their windows closed.
0: Time. Well done, Deborah. Okay, now it's Lisa's turn to tell us about an odd job of his own. Lisa, you ready?
1: Yeah, do I tell the truth or I (laughs) lie?
0: You tell (laughs) the story. I tell
1: the story. Okay, and then we'll find out. Yes. Okay, and it should be about like odd jobs or something?
0: I have a feeling you'll figure it out.
1: Okay, I got it.
0: The timer will begin now.
1: Okay, Bennett and Tegan, do you know those guards outside of Buckingham Palace in England, like the ones with the red coats and the tall, funny hats, and they stand completely motionless and silent, even if you shout right in their face and you're like, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Well, they're called the Queen's Guard, and they're not just there as a show for tourists. They're actually trained soldiers. At least they usually But during the economic recession of 1961, a labor dispute with the Queen's Guard ended with Queen Elizabeth firing all but 12 of the soldiers and replacing them with some random dudes off the street who would accept the Queen's low wages. Not cool, Queen. None of these substitutes actually knew what they were doing. They were only there to make it look like the queen had adequate protection. (laughs) Now, this fake security force was secretly referred to as the queen's toy soldiers. The 12 original guards who remained were given the task of training the toy soldiers, but it quickly proved to be a wild goose chase, which is bad. (coughs) Some of the new recruits were too uh, old to actually do any of the work, and nearly all of them found it too hard to stand still for that long amount of time. On one hot July morning that year, one of the guards, tired from standing, decided to sit down on the ground, legs folded while still on active duty. A few of the toy soldiers followed his lead, thinking they, too, were supposed to be sitting down, and eventually the entire force, commanders included, were sitting pretzel-style on the ground in front of the palace's east entrance. They remained that way until the changing of the guard that afternoon. An original photograph of this strange occurrence is currently on display in London's British Museum, which is in London.
0: And time! Thank you, Lisa, nicely done. Okay, Bennett and Tegan. It is decision time. Now we're going to decide whose story works. Is it Lisa's tale of the Queen's toy soldiers and Ursat's protection when the Buckingham Palace guards were fired over a labor dispute? Or is it Deborah's tale of the knocker uppers of the industrial revolution who would go around in the early hours of the morning shooting peas at windows and waking people up?
3: So what do you think, Tayden? I think the second one, but I'm not trusting Lisa after he said he would do anything to cheat.
1: Mm. Oh, well, <laughs> but maybe I would, the one thing I would do would win. It is, the, I would not, I would be good. So take
2: that. Hmm.
3: I don't really know, but Lisa's story is very, very believable.
2: What yeah. makes Lisa's story believable?
3: Because there are guards that just stand there usually. Yeah. True, but in my
2: story, there are people who are asleep, and there are many people. As a matter of fact, all people who sleep. That's true. That's a good point. I am
3: sorry, Lisa. Wait,
2: wait. Just because of that?
3: No, Bennett. Oh. Give me three reasons why Deborah's story is going to be the true one. No, I wasn't saying that. I was wait. I think what I what I meant by Lisa. It was actually Deborah. Do you think that
2: I have the true story or the fake story? Actually,
3: you know what, I think that you have the fake story. You
2: think I have the fake story. Why do you think I have the fake story? Because nobody sleeps? Well, it would be a hard
3: job, and I've never really heard any history about that ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deborah, stop lying to kids. um, I think I'm going to have to go with Lisa's. Bennett, before you do that, I have one more question for Deborah. Mm -hmm. What? you said it was during the something revol- industrial
2: revolution. That's at a time when lots of machines and factories were being produced. So, what timeline is that? Approximately, where in the years is that? The late 1800s.
3: Third floors in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that. I don't believe was that there such were thing as third as- floors. What do you think, Tegan? Were you... But just like for like so many people on a block to just have like three floors that like
2: you sleep on. That you sleep like, on. So... Or maybe they were in like an apartment building where they're... Uh,
1: don't try and, no, Deborah, don't try and make so, yours seem more realistic. So, Tegan,
2: what
3: do you think? What do you think? I think that Lisa's story was true. Mm-hmm. Give me three reasons. Yeah. It just sounded realistic
2: the way that Lisa made it. Yeah. Robots make everything sound realistic.
1: Yeah. Mm. Have you heard this? Not
3: Alexa. (laughs) Alexa is very dumb. <gasps> oh, okay, and you so, know what? Hold on.
1: Alexa is my
0: ex girlfriend.
1: <laughs> and I we don't talk anymore, There's but let's not say things like that okay.
0: about
1: her.
0: All right, guys, are we here to pick apart Lisa's dating history <laughs> or choose
2: a true story? Come on.
3: <laughs>
2: no. This is all very traumatizing for Lisa. Bennett,
3: I think we should just go with Lisa's, even though I do not believe it. I well, you do. can
2: disagree. Let's go with Lisa's. Lisa. That Lisa's is true. I believe that he yes. says is true. Yes. And you believe that I told you a lie. I told you yes. a fake story.
0: Okay. Well, will the real, honest truth teller of today please come forward and tell us which one of you it is?
2: I am the true storyteller. Damn. There were actually knocker uppers who would wake people up before the invention of the alarm clock. Damn. But sometimes you win, sometimes you lose.
1: That's true.
3: And uh, basically we uh, lost.
1: In this, time. You also
3: lost during the running shoes one. Oh, oh no. she's hard to live
2: with, <laughs> leave isn't it, Leave
0: it to your sister <laughs> to remember all the times in your life you've lost.
3: He is you a winner. You also lost to me four times in Two Square.
2: In two square, oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, two times Yeah, you really
3: didn't have to mention that. <laughs> Too know. many
2: times in two square. Yeah, you didn't have to mention that to it's you. Typical second child, I'm but telling you. But let's
1: just all agree that I won. No.
2: Well, oh, I guess you did win because yes. you tricked them. Yes,
1: I but tricked kids. But you're still
2: a liar. We all lost because we believed lies. Yeah. Yeah. well that's all the time we have today thank you so much for joining us Tegan and for coming back to the studio Bennett and to our producer Noah for keeping things fair and thanks to Lisa for all those lovely sounds and lies and thanks to all of you for listening to this inaugural edition of Wacky Khakis
1: Pants on Fire is a production of Gen Z Media visit us online at bestrobotever.com there you can find more great podcasts and learn how to become a participant on our show you can also submit questions for me to read on Ask Lisa. And you can follow us on social media at Pants on Fire for behind the scenes photos and more true facts. And also, I won! I won! I won! I won! I won!
2: I won! I won! I won! I won! I
0: won! I won! I won! I won! I won! I won! I won!
2: I won!
3: I won! I won! I won! I won! I
0: Good job!